Awesome. Awesome stuff. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Wow. What a weekend. Are you guys having a great weekend so far? Incredible. Pastor Ivy just blew it open last night, and Pastor Josh was just such an awesome, inspirational challenge to us. I really, um, I just, I love the Hamlin tribe. I love uh, Pastor Josh and Lori and, uh, and Caleb and Jen and Jordan and his wife and Pastor Dan and Nancy. Just this family in this region is just such a blessing. You know, God is about legacy, and just to see the legacy uh, passed down um, through this family and the deposit that they're leaving in this region is just absolutely awesome. I'm a Buffalo transplant. I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm a Jersey boy. We got any Jersey boys over here? All right. So I grew up a block from the ocean, and my mom said that she would never believe that her surfer son would live anywhere more than five minutes from the beach, and God had other plans. How many of you guys know God always has other plans? And so I moved to Buffalo, and my wife Gabby and I, we just fell in love with this place. So we're just so honored to um, see what God's doing in Buffalo. Buffalo's a, a winnable city. Buffalo is a winnable city. We can win this city. This is, uh, I'm jacked up. This is, um, Wes just killed it, man. Was that just awesome, Wes, bringing the word on King? And uh, we're going to get into the last of the four of the IM4. We're going to get into Warrior. But again, Pastor Josh, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Pastor Ivy and Pastor Benet have just been uh, so uh, influential in the four years that we've known them. Um, Bishop Robert Stearns brought us together, and I just had the privilege to to connect with these men in the land in Israel, and uh, it was just a powerful connection. And uh, I got back from that trip, and Pastor Ivy called me uh, just a couple months later, and he said, Mark, I'm bringing 40 men to Israel, um, and I would like you to lead the trip with me. And uh, I was just uh, just totally honored and just stretched, and uh, he's been doing that since I met him, just stretching me in my identity and in my leadership. And uh, when I was on that trip, um, I can remember the moment, Pastor Ivy. Uh, we were at the Sea of Galilee, and Wes was there. And uh, Greg Dudley was, um, was sharing, and he, at that time, he was the director of IM4. And uh, I just saw Pastor Benet and Pastor Ivy and their three kids just kind of in the back as 40 men were just getting poured into by one of Pastor Ivy's disciples. And I felt the weight right there where Jesus preached the, on the Mount of Beatitudes, where he preached uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, I felt the weight of the anointing that was carried in this tribe and in this family. And I remember just noting that in my heart that God had something for my wife and I uh, in this tribe. And the next morning at breakfast, I was just, uh, you know, busted into the family breakfast table, and I just sat there with uh, Pastor Ivy and his brother and, and Pastor Benet, and I just said, hey, what, what are you guys doing? I, Gabby and I got to be a part of this. We got to, you have an impartation for us. There's something, we're disciplers, we're transforming people's lives, but you guys have something that we need. Um, and he just said, come to my house and come spend time with us. And since then, it's just been such an amazing journey. And uh, I just honor you, Pastor Ivy. I honor you and Pastor Benet. And... Um, you know, I know uh, to live the transformed life is really just to live a yielded life, a life laid down. And uh, I don't, I've only known you for four years, but I can only imagine all the stuff that you have laid down and yielded to to be who you are today and to create the tribe that you have today. So I just honor you for that. Um, just so pumped to be here uh, this afternoon. And uh, we're going to be talking about the warrior. So this is part of the I am for uh, the warrior. I'm sorry. One more, one more honor. My wife Gabby's here, and uh, this is my helpmate, fit for me. Uh, God has created us as a team on the earth for such a time as this, and uh, I just love her so much. And she is, she is a pioneer. This woman, I believe, like I, I think in terms of centuries, and it's like if I was born in the 1800s. Like, my wife would be the type of wife that would last on the frontier, you know what I mean? Like, we would, we would pioneer into new land, and she would just be carrying kids in tow on her hip, and she's just got that, got that kind of, she's got that kind of a spirit. She's got a warrior spirit, and I love that about her. 
Um, so we're going to talk about the warrior spirit. And I know we're at the end of the afternoon. I know what happens in the afternoon. And uh, Pastor West just had this awesome one, two, three warrior. And so I'm not going to rip that off. But here's what I am uh, going to challenge you guys. At any point in time, as we talk about the spirit of the warrior, the warrior spirit within us, at any point in time, whether I'm in the middle of a sentence or not, if you want to stand up and say, I am warrior, I give you freedom this afternoon to do that. Because there's something that happens when you're around warriors that you start to feel something inside of you. And when you grab hold of it and you apprehend it, you can't apprehend it with your mind. You can't apprehend it with your mind. You have to speak it into existence. You have to speak it forth. And I want to just offer that challenge in the next hour. If at any moment or any point in time where you're so inspired and you're saying, I want to access the spirit of the warrior, I'm telling you, you're not going to access it by writing something down on a notepad. You're going to access it by, by, by imagining it in your heart and manifesting it with your lips and with your words. The warrior spirit, the way of the warrior. I want to tell you that warriors are needed now on the earth more than ever. Not the warriors that we see in the news, not the warriors that the spirit of this age is trying to create, not, not, not social justice warriors that are really snowflakes that put on warrior armor. I'm talking about the real warrior. The earth needs a real warrior right now. When the enemy comes like a flood, God raises up a standard. He raises up, an, uh, he raises up warriors. He raises up an army. When I read Joel 2, I see that the earth just gets desolated with stuff. And what is God's response to the desolation? A Joel 2 army. He raises up warriors. The way of a warrior, the warrior spirit. Warriors are engaged in battle. Guys, we have to be engaged. That's what this whole weekend's been about. It's about men waking up to be who they're called to be. So that we can't be sleeping on our watch anymore. We can't pass on the, the problems of this generation. What's been given to us, we cannot give to the next generation. We have to do something different. We have to live something different. And we're not who we say we are. We are what we do. As someone who can talk, and I can talk a big talk, I'm telling you, you're not who you say you are. You're who you are. You're what you do. You can, we can say we're Christians, we can say we're fathers, we can say we're husbands. We're not what we say we are, we're what we do. Guys, this battle that we're, that we're engaged in, we need, a, we need a warrior heart. We need a heart in this battle. We need to, the Bible just says over and over, take heart, take heart. We need, we need heart in this battle. We need to live from our hearts. We need to live from the warrior heart with the warrior spirit. And the reason we need to do that is because of what John Eldridge teaches us in Waking the Dead. He says that there are, there are things going on that are not as they seem. We are walking through our lives every day looking at natural things, but I'm telling you, it is not what it seems. The thing is not about the thing. The thing is about everything. There's something going on beyond the surface. And if we're not awake and we're just walking around as robotic material men without spirit and without heart, then, then we're not going to make it through this thing. There's more going on than what it seems. There's a whole other realm that we have to tap into. We're made out of this stuff. It's like the ancients, the ancient prophets and the ancient mystics. We're made out of the same stuff they're made out of. I love James. It says, you're made out of the same thing. Elijah was a man just like you. We're made out of the same dust that these warriors were made out of, that these men were made out of. Listen, we, you, we're living in a modern world, but we're not modern men. We're ancient men, and there's an ancient spirit that lives inside of us because we're made out of the same dust. And we're blinded by this this pristine, cleansed atmosphere of technology and modernity and, and concrete. And I'm thankful for all that. I'm, I'm so glad that sewers aren't just running in the streets and my kids are dying when they're one because they're getting a plague or something. Like, I'm thankful for modernity, but I don't want it to, to null me to sleep so that I don't live from the spirit that God has put inside of me. We have to be awake to the battle because things are not what they seem. We need warriors because we are in a battle. 
This whole thing from the beginning has been a battle. You were born into a war. You were born into battle. Listen, I love this movement. I'm not 6'5 like Pastor Ivy. I'm not, I can't put up as much weight as I went. I, when I visited him, we went and worked out together. Full disclosure, we're doing side-by-side bench, benching dumbbells, dumbbells. I think I had 40s in both my arms. I look over, and Pastor Ivy's got 95s in both of his arms. I'm like, okay. I, I did the math, and I was just like, but listen, if, if, if this was, say, say you just transposed this group of men into another century, into another nation. You know, the Bible says that some are given the gift of giving. Some are given the gift of teaching. Some are, that's not because those people are the only ones who are supposed to give or teach. When you're given the gift, that means you show others how to give. So if you have the gift of giving... We look to people with the gift of giving because they teach us what, it, what a life of giving looks like so that we can be givers. Every single one of us in another century, in another nation, would be, all be called to battle for our nation if we went to war. And maybe some people have a, a gift to be the lead warriors, but every single one of us is called to be a warrior. In every single man. I love Braveheart because when you watch it, you see these little skinny kids. You see fat guys. You see jacked guys. You see all this because every single one of us is called to be a warrior. And when we're called to battle, we have to show up. And there's a battle, guys. There's a fight. There's a battle. Things are not what they seem. And here's the thing is we all have a crucial role to play in this thing. When I read Malachi 4, this is what I see. I see a nation falling apart, and when it starts falling apart, God says he's going to send a ministry called the Spirit of Elijah, and it's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. You know what that says to me? That the key issue in the end time when God is going to restore all things and restore the kingdom is not the issue of cell phone usage. It's not a political issue. It's not an economic issue. It's not a gender issue or homosexuality issue or pornography issue. It's fathers turning to sons and sons turning to fathers. The chief issue at the end of the age when God's going to restore the kingdom is when men are truly going to be men and they're going to fix their homes and fix their families. That's what God cares about. So what that means for us is that all God's looking for is one generation to get it right and to turn this whole thing around. That's us. That's you. That's why you're here, because you want to believe it's true. You're here because you want to believe that what I'm saying is true right now. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, we've been taught in our lives that things are too good to be true. Guys, things are not too good to be true. God is too good to understand, but he's not too good to be true. This prophecy about God restoring all things and bringing salvations to homes and the kingdom being on earth, we're not getting taken up into heaven. God's trying to create a kingdom on the earth. And, it, and, and we can turn this around with one generation making a decision. We can reverse every generational curse because of what Messiah has done. We can reverse every generational curse that has been passed down to us. Come on! It's the warrior spirit rising up inside of us. We got to be awake. See, the, the warrior's spirit is always awake even when he's sleeping. The warrior prays at night and he says, God, my, my body's going to rest, but my soul is awake. Things have, this, you might not go here with me, but my experience is real. Things have walked into my house at night. And if your soul is awake, you can get out of bed and move those things out of your home. Or you can feel that in your house and you can roll over and go right back to sleep. And I'm ashamed to tell you, I've rolled over and gone back to sleep. 
I've done it. We've all done it. But God's awakening the warrior spirit. There's more in us. See, I went back to sleep because I thought I needed the rest. You know, there's other ways to get filled with energy than just sleeping. You know that? You know energy's renewable? Guys, God's waking up warriors. We got to be awake and alert. There is a quit in us. There's a quit in every single one of us. We all have a line where we're going to quit. The warrior is always growing that line and pushing that line back. The warrior is always discovering where that line is and evaluating and saying, is that my line? Is that the line I'm going to quit at? Or am I going to stretch this thing back? Am I going to get some muscle and get some willpower and push this thing back so that tomorrow, because tomorrow we'll have cares, Jesus tells us, tomorrow we'll have cares, tomorrow we'll have worries, but each day there's nothing we can do to, 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 to push that back. We face all of that every day. Which of you, by worrying, can add any strength to yourself, any, any stature to yourself? And so we live in this mentality that I got to save something because I'm going to worry because then I'll be stronger tomorrow. But Jesus is saying, just pour it all out every single day. And tomorrow there'll be more energy for you. There'll be more than you think you have because there's more in you than you think that is in you. Yes, you are. See, I believe... and. I believe the warrior spirit is the culmination of the four together. When you're operating in these four, you go into a warrior dimension. You go into an I am four dimension where you can rule and reign as a king. You can rule as a prophet. You can rule as a priest because you got that warrior, I'm not going to quit thing inside of you. And it all just starts clicking together. And Pastor West took this this uh, verse, but in Matthew eleven twelve, and if you guys got the notes, we're going to get there. Trust me, we're going to get there. But I got to just pour out my heart, and then I'll give you guys some, some takeaways, all right? You guys have been looking at the notes. You're like, wait. You're like, wait a second. I got to fill this in, man. <laughs> so Matthew eleven twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the vi- violence and the violent take it by force. West totally got, got this into the king because this is part of all four of the I am four things. See, before that, he says, who did you go into the desert to see? Who did you go in to see? Did you go to see some man that could get pushed around? Did you go to see some man who has no nuts and has no line and has no, he has a quit line that he's just going to quit on anything? Did you see some man that kings could persuade and manipulate and pay off to say what they want him to say? Did you go see a, a weak man or did you go see a crazy man who had wool on and was eating locusts and was prophesying to a generation? You went and saw a prophet. You went and saw John. So then they go say, John, who are you? Are you the Messiah? And he goes, no, I'm a prophet. I'm the one Isaiah said. Behold, that I send a messenger who will prepare the way of the Lord. He says, I'm that guy. It's part of the spirit of Elijah that God's raising up on the earth. Yeah. Come on. Something's going to manifest inside of us. Because we're not who we say we are. We're who we live out. We're, we're, we're who we are inside and what we live out. So the kingdom suffers aggressively. But the aggressive take it by force. See, Pastor Ivy tonight's going to talk about the four quadrants. And what you have in the four quadrants is you have... Um, you have, and he talked about this last night, you have men who are sinfully passive, sinfully um, uh, self-deprecating, or also could be known as falsely humble. We have a lot of that, right? And then you have men who are sinfully aggressive or passive aggressive. And the warrior is that top left. It's that sinful aggression. You know, I'm, I kind of, my default, when I live in default, but I don't live by default anymore, I live by design, but when I'm in default, and what my pattern has been, is that I go self-deprecating, I'm a victim, I'm inconsistent, I'm flashy, I burn bright for a minute and then I burn out, 
That's my default. And then I try and get out of default by going high left and getting super aggressive. And I try and push and control and trying to make things happen. And everybody in my life pushes back against that because that, you have no authority if you're not consistent. You're, you're trying to be aggressive. You're trying to rule and reign as a king. But, you, but you're just really trying to control because you're out of control and you're, and you're worn out. And what you need is everybody else to get in order because you're not in order yourself. And you're trying to help something that you can't even do in yourself. And nobody wants anything to do with that. So you're being so aggressive. And all it's doing is damaging people. And the warrior is that top in the redeemed in the re- in the redeemed form of it, it's not sinfully aggressive. It's righteously consistent in its life. It's disciplined. It's so consistent. It's so, so disciplined. See, the, the problem with the top left, the warrior, is that it's basically a monster. When you're sinfully aggressive, you're just a monster. And see, what a warrior is, a warrior is a controlled, disciplined monster. And what we have is a gospel. Come on. Just interrupt me. Warriors just interrupt and just start grunting and going nuts. See, we've been given a gospel that tries to get the monster out of you. See, you need to integrate the monster inside of you with discipline. Yeah. See, that uncontrollable addiction you have, that propensity you have to go to darkness, to do you need to integrate that darkness, get discipline over it, and harness that energy to live a warrior lifestyle. Because, guys, this is it. Life, life is suffering. We got suffering in this world. And the kingdom that Pastor Ivy talked about that's from another world has tried to come in and break you down into a million pieces. He's come aggressively in the suffering. He's come to attack you. But listen, those that aren't going to be taken out, they have to have an equally aggressive force to push back darkness. And so here's my story. When I was young, I was invited to a sleepover where I was violated in different ways and I actually got um, caught by my mom, and my parents didn't know what to do with all of that. I already kind of had a propensity to anxiety and shyness and timidity and shame. I already was kind of like a, you know, don't, didn't want to look at people. I already had like that scared thing on me. And now to add the sin shame, the, which I, I just kind of knew intuitively, just something was like, it was, what I did was wrong, and what I experienced was wrong, what was done to me was wrong. And in Matthew, in Mark 9, there's a story about a father, he brings a boy to Jesus. He brings a boy to the warrior. Actually, he brings a boy to the warrior's disciples, that's right. The disciples couldn't cast this demon out of the boy. And the way the father describes it, he goes, at a young age, the enemy came in, and the, if you read the old King James, it says, he teareth my son into, and you read that, and it says, he broke my son into pieces. See, at a young age, I was broken into pieces by the enemy. A spirit came in, not a warrior spirit, and a, a sinfully aggressive, invisible spirit came in and broke my warrior spirit into a million pieces. And what it says is it says the boy began foaming at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and the spirit tries to throw him into the fire and tries to drown him. The only time he can get relief is when he hates himself, when he hurts himself, when he does something destructive to himself. Why does he get relief? Because then the spirit's like, you're doing what I want to do to you. So I'm going to back off a little bit. You're in control right now. This is the only way I could deal with any of this stuff. Come on. See, something happens when we engage with what we believe. When, when, you, when you envision something in your mind, you conceive it in your mind, and you let it get into your heart, and you say it out loud, something happens. And so I went through this experience as a, as a kid, and it really messed my whole life up. It just turned into a life of me destroying my life, basically. And this is what's so amazing, guys. See, the kingdom suffers 
aggressively. It suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Jesus comes down off the mountain. He just has a prophetic experience. He's the prophet, priest, king. He's on the mountain transfigured with Elijah and Moses, the greatest prophets. He's in the full I am for thing. And he comes down off the mountain, and the disciples who couldn't cast the demon out, they bring the boy to him, and the, and the father you know, says, what's going on here? And, and the father says, well, since my son was little, the enemy came into his life. Maybe the enemy came into your life when you were little and broke you down into a, a thousand pieces. And he said, the enemy teareth my son. He grabbed him and broke him down and broke him down into a million pieces. And Jesus says to the Father, if you have faith, I can do anything. Before that, the Father goes like this. He's like, if you're able to help us, have compassion on us. The Father challenges Jesus' ability. Why? Because his disciples couldn't do it. So now he's starting to think God's got no power. God's not a warrior. God's a prophet. He's a scholar. He's a mystical man. He's a guru. He's a priest. But he doesn't have warrior strength, warrior power. Jesus starts walking up to that boy. He casts the demon out of the boy. Guys, you know that word where it says, he breaketh the son into a thousand pieces? That word's only used one other time in the Bible. Do you know where it's used? First John. John says, for this reason, the son of man has been manifest on the earth to break or destroy the devil. Here comes a spirit, a sinfully aggressive spirit that takes a young child, breaks him into a thousand pieces, and thank God there was a man on the earth. Thank God there was a man on the earth who could destroy a spirit that was destroying men. And that man walks into the situation. He says, you know what? You might have destroyed this boy, but I'm not going to touch this boy because I, I, won't, I won't even harm a, a, a reed. I'm not going to touch it. I'm going to destroy the work of the devil. You, you broke this boy into a thousand pieces. I'm going to break you into a thousand pieces. And here comes the hammer of the warrior. He breaks that spirit into a thousand pieces. He does it again with the, with the, with the guy in the, the, in the graves, in the tombs. Goes into hundreds or thousands, right? Because he breaks things. Here's the thing, guys. I'm going to get to the notes, I promise. I want to tell you a story about a father who didn't want to be a warrior. If you guys want to turn to 2 Kings 20. And then I'm going to tell you a story about myself of something that happened at Warrior Evolution. If you guys are catching a heart of this movement, I want to encourage you to do something that is so crazily radical that it will change and transform your entire life. You take 100 hours down in Alabama with Pastor Ivy and his team, and you go through the Warrior Evolution and your life will be radically changed. It is the best investment. You want to ask if it's worth the money? You talk to my wife right now. After service, you ask my wife. I've been living this thing for a long time. It's something, something transformed in my heart. Something came together because it was all ideas. And I've been trying. I've been successful in different areas and different ways. And it's not like I was living in this completely like wrong thing. But there was just something wasn't clicking. And I felt stuck. And I just felt like I wasn't operating in that fourth dimension that God had created me for. And when I stepped into the warrior evolution, something happened in my heart. It changed completely. So here's a, here's a story of a father who didn't want to be a warrior. You guys out there, 2 Kings 20, verse 12. This is a story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a righteous king. Hezekiah made a lot of great decisions for the kingdom. You read through First and Second Kings, and it's kings making bad, making good. Some followed the ways of David. Some didn't. I got till 15, right? Okay. Hezekiah was a good king. He restored order. I believe he was a prophet. I believe he was a good king. I believe he was a priest. He, did, he, he rebuilt the altars. He did all that. I'm not so sure about the warrior in him. And we'll look here. 
At that time, Baradak Baladon, the son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent letters to present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah was attentive to them and showed them all the house of his treasures, the silver and the gold, the spices and the precious ointment and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in the house or in all the dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah, said to him, What do these men say, and from where did they come? So Hezekiah said, They came from a far-off country, from Babylon. And he said, what, did they, what have they seen in the house? And so Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house... And what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, but they will be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he said, Will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? Okay, so let's set up this story. Hezekiah is sick. The enemy comes in, hears that he's sick. The enemy comes and knocks at the door. Sound like Genesis? Something crouching at the door. And Hezekiah is so dull and he's so not alert and he's so not awake that he lets the enemy come in. Not only does he let him in, he starts showing him around. I don't want to have to confront, have this confrontation at the door right now. Let me just show them around, see them on their way, then they'll be out of here. So Hezekiah lets the enemy in, shows them everything, the treasures, the intimacy places, the private places, shows them everything, access to everything. Isaiah comes, as these men are leaving town, Isaiah comes and says, who are those guys? Where are they from? Because Why? Because Isaiah's alert. Isaiah's awake. He's like, something wasn't right. Let me get some information here. We got to figure out what's going on here. And Isaiah says, where are they from? They're from Babylon. Okay, those are enemies. Okay, Isaiah's like, okay, those are enemies. What did the enemies want? Oh, I showed them around. You, you what? I showed them around. I showed them everything. There's nothing that I didn't show them, Isaiah. Isaiah knows what's, what's going down right now because Isaiah's spiritual. Isaiah's deep. Isaiah knows what's happening. And Isaiah goes, that's not good. And the word of the Lord comes when he prophesies to Hezekiah and he says, hey, because of this mistake... Listen, you're going to have sons, but they're not going to have your legacy. He says, you're going to have sons, but you're not going to have legacy. Are you hearing me? You can have sons and not have a legacy. He says, Babylon's going to come and invade, and they're going to take your sons, and your sons are going to be eunuchs. The enemy is going to come castrate your sons, cut your seed off, and make them slaves in the king's court of the enemy. And Hezekiah says, this is a good word. Well, obviously this isn't good. Right? You're going to cut off my guys? You're going to make them slaves? I'm going to have no legacy. My kingdom, the kingdom that I inherited from David, isn't going to be passed on. And he goes, this is a good word. doesn't mean it's a good word. He means it's right. Like, that is the right consequences to my actions. That makes sense. And then his decision is to live in comfort and peace in his life. And he pushes the consequences to the next generation. He says, won't I live in peace in my life? Hezekiah, rather than having the spirit of a warrior, chooses a life of comfort at the expense of the legacy of his life. He has sons, but no legacy. Now, here's the thing. God gives us a word. Why? Not so that we have to live with the consequences, so that we can respond to what we've done. All Hezekiah had to do, if he was a warrior, is chase those guys down. They have a 30-day minimum journey back to Babylon to tell the king and the army how to get into the kingdom. And all he had to do, something had to rise up inside of him and say, you know what? I was a little sick. I was a little asleep. You know, I'm pretty stressed out. I didn't realize what was happening, but now God awakened me to what was happening. I can chase this thing down, cut off the messenger so the enemy doesn't even know what's going on. This is good news for us. (laughs) This is good news, guys, because I mess up. 
But when the word of the Lord comes to me, when the conviction comes to me, when the Holy Spirit shows me something, and I obey, I do what is right in that moment, God's not looking for perfect men. He's looking for men who are perfectly honest. He's looking for men who are honest with themselves. Hezekiah was honest with himself, but he didn't act on it. See, we all know where we fall short. It's what do we decide when we know what we fall, where we fall short. Hezekiah knew his mistake, but he didn't do anything. He chose comfort. The warrior spirit doesn't cho- choose comfort. The warrior spirit does what's hard when it's hard. Because it's hard, that's why it's called hard. You know? No one wants to do anything hard. And I, guys, I'm not, I'm not yelling at you. I, I, I'm, I'm stirred up because we got to get this. I fall prey to this. This is, but we got to exercise this thing. We got to build this thing. We got to grow in this thing. We got to develop this thing. We got to let the warrior spirit rise up inside of us because enough is enough. We can turn this thing in one generation and we can have sons and we can have daughters or we can have a legacy. Either way, we have sons and daughters, but we get to choose legacy or no legacy. And so I went to Warrior Evolution, and I love this. There's a, a book called The Way of the Warrior. It's by Erwin McManus. He has this quote. He says, we will never know peace if we lose the present because we are trapped in the past and paralyzed by the future. Let me say that again. We will never know peace if we lose the present because we're trapped by the past and paralyzed by the future. The warrior lives in the present. The warrior is engaged and alert in the present. And we will never know peace in the present if we are trapped in our past and scared of our future. So I'm at Warrior Evolution, and I don't want to give away too many things, but there was an opportunity. If you haven't realized the word opportunity has been used a lot this weekend, it's because we see every, a warrior sees everything as an opportunity. When there's a challenge in front of you, when there's a, a hurdle, an obstacle, a wall, when there's an enemy, everything is an opportunity. When you have the spirit of a warrior, it's all an opportunity. And so I was in the middle of this opportunity, and this opportunity was a D1 wrestling coach. This opportunity was manhandling me. And there was something going on inside of me. There was that default just playing out, Mark. You're a victim. Mark, you have no power. Mark, you, you got nothing. Mark, it's always going to be this way. Mark, just give up. Mark, just give in. There was just this default thing ringing out in my mind. And somebody came along and they just whispered, Mark, are you going to do something? And as soon as I heard that, I conceived something in my mind. Guys, it's no wonder that the enemy has tried to filth our mind with images of immorality and perversion and lust. There's no wonder because we need our minds. Looking at a guy who addicted to pornography for 11 years, we need our mind. And I conceived something in my mind. Mark, are you going to give up right now? That's what I heard. Mark, are you going to do something? And in that moment, I don't know how much this guy weighed. I'm, I'm about 180 with clothes on now. I like that. I've never been 180. I don't know how big this guy was. And honestly, I don't know if he gave me a little space or what, but I, so, I conceived something in my mind, and I'm like, I'm not a quitter. And I let that. I'm not a quitter, get into my heart. I let it move from my mind and it got into my heart. And when I felt it in my heart, I fought back and I said, get the off of me. See, I know I got the green light, but I don't know if the F1's green lighted or not. So I was just like, (laughs) I said, get the off of me. And I pushed this guy off and I escaped. I rolled out and escaped. And there's Pastor Ivy right behind me. 
He says, Passarella, what's your name? Without even blinking, I am Warrior! I don't just make that up. That's literally my name. Mark. It's a Greek name off the Greek god Mars, the god of war. And here's the thing, guys. Because I was broken down, I'm not going to get to the notes. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm looking up at the clock. I'm sorry. I was brought. I was brought here to. I was brought to impart. I am for language, and I didn't get to any of the language yet. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. But because I was broken down into a million pieces as a little kid, I got this thing on me. Mark's this sensitive, timid guy. He's this insecure guy. My middle name's Daniel. I love that name. I've loved that name my whole life. And I always thought of myself more as a Daniel than a Mark. I actually never liked my name Mark. I never heard, really even heard people like, you know, when you like, I never recognized people called me Mark in some way. I always kind of felt more like a Daniel. It's my dad's name. And so I love that. I think there's something beautiful and precious about that. But later on the next day, I was in this another opportunity. It was a much better opportunity. It was a worship opportunity, and we were just worshiping. <laughs> An opportunity to meet with God in heaven. And I was having this conversation, and I felt the Lord say, what's your name? Just like Pastor Ivy said the day before. I said, my name's Mark, Mark Daniel. He's like, yeah, I put that in order. I put that in order because you're a Mark Daniel. You guys get that? You're a mark. You're a warrior prophet. You're a warrior prophet. And in that moment, God gave me a new identity and a new name. And when the warrior spirit rises up in you, you live out who you are, who you're called to be. Because you're not going to quit on yourself. You're not going to quit on anything. And I kept myself because I was stuck in my past and paralyzed in my future, I kept myself from the present moment. See, I got beat up in two different ways. One time jumped in college. I broke my jaw in two different places. One time in fourth grade, just humiliated physically in front of my friends. And I was stuck in some physical, passive, victim thing. And that played out in how I approached everything. At work, when I had a problem, when I had an interpersonal conflict in my marriage, when I had to confront somebody at work or deal with situations, that, that weak, passive thing just started, pl- that, what happened to me physically played out spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, intellectually. It played out in every sphere of my life, guys, because the thing's not about the thing. It's all connected, and in that moment when, when, when something got transformed and manifested because of my lips, because of the words I spoke, because I conceived something in my mind, I got it into my heart and then I walked it out. When I went through that transformation process, something changed inside of me. I started seeing opportunities as an opportunity, a moment to, for God to reveal how strong I was, not how much I was going to fail. And see... When Jesus goes into the desert, he goes into the wilderness. I love the, trans, the, the Passion Translation. It says this. It says that he goes into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser. Jesus went into an opportunity to find out how strong he was. Warriors live their lives every day realizing that every opportunity in front of me is for me to find out more about who I am and how strong I am. God wants to reveal the warrior inside of you. But listen, if we're stuck in the past and scared of the future, we're never going to be in the moment for him to reveal that strength inside of us. We have to move out of that trauma, whatever it is that when the enemy came in, 
when he was a little boy and he came in and broke you into a million pieces, you got to know that there's a warrior who's come down off the mountain. He's not just some God that talks from far away. He can walk into your situation with the strength of a warrior, and that same spirit is living inside of each man that has received that spirit into their life. The same spirit that's the warrior that rose Jesus from the dead lives and dwells inside of us. And listen, this thing plays out. This thing plays out in the battlefield of our lives. Warriors live consistently. All right, I'm going to get into these things real quick. You are a warrior. You are a warrior. You are a warrior. You are a warrior. You are. You're a warrior. You got to conceive it in your mind. You got to believe it in your heart, and you got to walk it out. And when you walk it out, you step out of the of the trauma of your past. You step into the present revelation of what God wants to show you. You are, and no longer afraid of the future. You walk into the future. You run into the future. This is who we're called to be. Warriors are protectors and leaders. So how does this play out practically in our lives? Because listen, we're not David. We're not showing up to the valley of Allah, and standing before a nine-foot monster in the flesh and having to cut his throat. The battlefield of our mind, the battlefield of faith, the battlefield of our battle against sin, that's where the warrior spirit is played out. And so warriors are protectors and leaders. They never step back when it's time to step in. No, you know what to say. Say it. God, we pray right now. You are a warrior. You are a warrior. God, give him a spirit. Give him a warrior spirit right now in Jesus' name, God. Release the warrior spirit in the room. Never step back when it's time to step in. When it's time for a warrior to show up, show up. Be the man. Be the warrior. Listen, the disciples could have... This is the crazy thing about the story. Jesus, they go, why couldn't we destroy the work of the devil in that boy? And Jesus goes, because I'm the only warrior on the earth. No. He says, guys, these kind only come out with prayer and fasting. Guys, these come when you live rightly, with right actions, when you live lives of prophet, priest, and king. These come out. You have the ability to destroy this stuff in your life and in your family if you live a fasting and prayer lifestyle. In other words, if you live righteously and holy in the days that you're born into, you will be able to do this. It's right action. It's us doing what God has called us to do. Guys, be able to protect your, your family, protect what's yours. We got to protect. I mean, what that looks like, if it's getting a gun, if it's carrying a knife, if it's learning some form of self-protection, if it's getting protection in insurance, if it's getting whatever ways that you need to protect what is your treasure, you need to learn how to protect it. You are a warrior. Warriors know the balance of strength and warmth. Listen. Listen. Jesus is the same warrior that John, a grown man, can rest on his shoulder, on his bosom, and they can talk about how much they love each other as brothers, like Jonathan and David. He's that same man and the same man that can look face into, eye to eye into Pharisees that want to stone him and throw him off a cliff. If we can't access both of those, we're we're living in some sinfully aggressive or some sinfully passive aggressive. We have to integrate through discipline and through intimacy with God the crazy monster inside of us so that we can be holy, warm fathers, compassionate husbands, loving men in our community, that we can be a balanced warrior that we have a quiet confidence inside of us, that we don't live like bitches. We don't live like with this bitchy attitude. Like, we're girls, like, listen, I was living like, like this, like this 
tootie woman who's just like, you could set me off and I'm going to make you all, you know, I'm going to punish you with my attitude all day. If you don't integrate the darkness and the monster inside of you, that's what you'll become. You'll be a monster to your kids. You are a warrior. You'll be a, you're a warrior. You'll be a monster to your wife, a monster to your kids, a monster at work. And then you're like, well, no, I'm not going to be a monster. Okay, so maybe all, every other hour that you're not a monster, you're just, you're just nothing. Until it gets so bad that then you become a monster. The warrior is integrated completely. Strength and, wo- and warmth. The warrior walks in Godfidence. You got to know what's inside of you. Listen, as warriors, we live a, a warrior lifestyle. We have to do things every day to expand and to reveal and explore to ourselves. Where's our quit line? What's inside of me? How much t- is in the tank? What do I have available? What do I have access to? We have to live a life where we continually see how much more is inside of us. Warriors have to have nuts, non-negotiable, unaltered terms. You have to have a value system. If you do not have a value system, if you do not have something that is going to be the line that you will not cross, that you say, you know what, the enemy, can, the, the kingdom suffers violence. Listen, the enemy might come after my family, might come after me in health issues, might come after me after my kids, it might, it, it might push me around, but it will not push me past this line. These are, these, are, uh, these are value systems, these are non-negotiables, these are terms that I will not compromise on. And if you don't have that, you're going to get pushed into a corner. You got to build a wall. And that's by having nuts. The first one, freedom. You got to live self controlled and disciplined. Relationships. We got to have polite and right relationships. Warriors value relationships. This isn't maverick stuff. We're not talking about solo warrior kamikaze missions. We're talking about relationship and tribes and understanding the value of healthy boundaries and, and being intentional with, with, with family and with our wives and with friends. Warriors value excellence. They live consistently with determination. They, re, they build a reputation on their consistency. Listen, if you live low right or low left, you're going to find out more about that tonight but then you just jump into the warrior and you just all of a sudden get aggressive and you're like, where did this come from? You're not disciplined at all. It's not going to have any influence or any effect on anybody. Servanthood. Warriors live with humility and honesty. They serve those they lead. I love what Pastor West was talking about, just coming home and just thinking, everyone's here to serve me because I worked all day to put food on your... That was me. I came home and I was like, yeah, I had, a, I had a long day. Totally unsympathetic to the long day that she had. Like, if you, you don't even know what I, you don't know the pressure I'm under. Until I got a revelation of the pressure that she was under because of the way I was living. I could tell you about that revelation at another time. It was a different, a different opportunity. I, I'm thankful for these opportunities. Honor. We value honor, loyalty, and submission. Guys, we got to get loyalty in the church right. Listen, loyalty is not based on someone's character. I don't have time for that, but you can read stories like Judah and Tamar and different, different ways where people were unrighteous in situations, but God still honored and looked for loyalty in those situations. Now, I'm not saying you go to unrighteous places with people out of loyalty. But we got to get over this. Our pastor's not perfect and this. I'm going to go find another church or whatever. we got to be loyal and submissive. Generosity, grace and mercy. We give it because we've received it. Power, courage, and strength. we got to continue in faith through courage. Warriors have to choose the right fight. Guys, we fight about the little... When, you, when you're out of control, you fight about the little things because you're afraid to address the big things. You come home, we come down on our wives over one little thing. It's because we're out of control and we're not taking care of the things that we're supposed to be taking care of. you got to pick the right fight. The only fights that we are commanded to fight are the, fight, 
the, the, the battle of faith and sin in our lives. As many as are led by the sons of, spirit of God are, are the sons of God. I love that. You know what it says, the verse before that? If you put to death the deeds of the flesh and live by the Spirit, you will have life. In other words, guys, the Spirit is leading us into a battle against sin over our lives. That's the battle we're in. Sin's power has been broken, but it has power over you in as much as your flesh has power over you. Because sin's power was broken at the cross. And unless your flesh has been crucified at the cross, and sin still has power over you. we got to go to war with our fears. See, these fears, these false evidence appearing real things, that's what I was talking about in the past. When you're living in the trauma and the lies and the fears of who you are in the past, you'll never have the revelation of the warrior of who God is in you in the present, and you will never have the future and the legacy that God wants to have to you because you will be stuck and paralyzed where you are. Guys, look at me. This is a guy who was paralyzed. And I have an ability to be paralyzed every single day. It's a choice. Fight, flight, or be paralyzed. Those are my three choices. Engage, run, or sit there paralyzed like a deer in headlights. Purpose trumps personality. This is a big one. You have to work on the things that aren't natural to you. You have to listen to yourself. That's not me. Is it not you? Who said it's not you? I'm, I'm a super creative guy. I really come alive at night. I used to use that personality thing to trump my purpose. And every morning I was missing opportunities because I was taking so long to get started in the morning because I stayed up so late. I was missing the opportunity to prepare my day as a warrior every single morning and visualize what I was going to do that day, get it in my heart, and go walk it out to win the battle. And if, you're, if, your, person, if your personality is trumping your purpose, you are giving your legacy away just like Hezekiah. You're choosing your personality over your legacy, over your purpose. Warriors meditate and visualize their battle. They go to battle before they go to battle. This is what I love, and I'm going to end with this. Warriors understand fear as an opportunity. Listen, warriors decide before they're going to have to decide. One of the most beautiful pictures to me of the warrior Jesus, even more so than the story I just told you, is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he tells his disciples, you guys need to stay awake like warriors because the enemy's going to come and tempt you while your warrior spirit's not alert. And they fell asleep. They weren't warriors. Consequently, those guys who couldn't stay alert, a couple chapters later in the book of Acts, got filled with the Holy Spirit and became such men of prayer that they lived alert and lived confidently and boldly. That's a whole other thing. But Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane as a warrior and he's struggling with the battle that's before him. And he says, God, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus right there three times decides before he has to decide what he's about to go do. And in that moment, I believe he visualized the whole thing. You know why? Because when you go back to my story in Mark 9, what was Jesus on top of the mountain doing? He was being encouraged by Moses and Elijah about what? about what he was about to endure in Jerusalem. Jesus was visualizing that thing because he was a warrior and he decided before he had to decide what he was going to do and the way that he was going to respond. You know every morning there's going to be problems when you get to work. You know who they're going to be with. You know kind of what they're going to be about. And you got to decide every morning how you're going to respond, you got to decide before you have to decide how you're going to deal with those things. And warriors visualize the battle. It's like in, um, uh, it's like in, uh, what's the movie? Gladiator. When he gets down and he gets the dirt and he's rubbing it in his hands because he's visualizing what he's about to do. 
He's deciding right now before he has to do it what, he, what he's going to do because that's what a warrior does. And our Lord, Jesus, the great warrior, leads us into the most difficult opposition, not just an obstacle, guys, a cross. And that warrior spirit led him through the cross. He didn't let his past get him stuck. He found out in the present what he was going to do, and he went to the cross and opened up the future for all of us. I want to pray for you because you are all warriors. We have to receive the war. You are a warrior. Let's stand. You have to receive the warrior spirit this morning, this afternoon. Let's just ask God for it. And as you're asking God for it, don't wait for it to be given to you because then it's like, well, God didn't give me the warrior spirit. Then we blame God. God, you didn't give me the warrior spirit. Here I am, God. I'm trying. Ask for it and apprehend it. Ask for it and take it. Ask for it and own it. Don't don't wait for it to come from the outside in. Conceive it from the inside out. Dream it in your mind. What What do you look like? Every day, right now, close your eyes. What do you look like every day if you walk through your day with the warrior spirit? Conceive it in your mind. And I'm speaking right now to any voices that are right alongside that trying to speak to your heart that that's not who you are. God, God, I speak to every heart in this place to receive the vision of the warrior in their minds into their hearts right now. And now manifest it with your voice. Manifest it. Manifest it. We are warriors. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but we have been given a warrior spirit. I receive it today. I receive it. I want to bless you guys today. You are warriors. God bless you.